And you know the thing is too, it's 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 something that can emerge in your life and then it can sort of disappear as well. It could be linked to you going through a stressful time in your life, etc. Um, I, I should point out too that it's you know it's not linked to you know mental illness or anything like that these you know it's uh it's not like these are crazy people who are having these experiences these are completely normal people um certainly you know there there have been some studies that indicate that you know if, uh like people with depression anxiety etc a little more susceptible to having these experiences and I, I do always caution people to you know before jumping to conclusions and saying oh you know i'm being persecuted by evil spirits or something like that i think it is important to you know examine your own life and your, you know your mental health Louis Proud is a writer and researcher specializing in anomalous phenomena. Tonight, we talk about the terror of sleep paralysis. That and more is coming right up on My Alien Life. My Alien Life is recorded live from atop the Northern Rocky Mountains and is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. My website is at www.myalienlifepodcast.com. There you will find my email address, all previously recorded shows, and more. I am Cameron Brower. This is My Alien Life, and the podcast starts right now. My Alien Life Podcast. My guest tonight has suffered from chronic sleep paralysis and believes that allows him to access the spirit realm, which could hold the key to a whole host of paranormal phenomena. We're going to talk about his book, Dark Intrusions, an investigation into the paranormal nature of sleep paralysis experiences. Lewis Proud, thank you so much for joining me and welcome. All right. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Cameron. Uh, It's good to finally connect with you. Yeah. And you're calling in from, tell everybody where you're calling in from today. Yeah, so I, I live in uh, in a small town in, in northern, uh, well, northwestern Tasmania. Um, so here on the northwest coast, um, yeah. So I've been here for about oh, about five years now. I've uh, been living in Tasmania. I, I did spend a bit of time here in my childhood as well. So um, yeah, it's a place where I, I feel very much at home, I suppose. It's... Uh, very interesting place and um, has a lot of interesting history. Um, it's also got some very, well, you know, I mean, there's there's an interesting sort of convict history here. Uh, there's also a lot of, you know, supposedly haunted locations and that sort of thing too. So, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been here for a while. I, I really like it. 
Um, and it's also where I, because uh, my, my most recent book, I should speak a little bit about that. It's called Borderland Phenomena. Um, so I wrote that book in Tasmania. Um, and as far as the sleep paralysis stuff goes, um, that was really most of that was uh so i wrote wrote a book about 10 years ago called dark intrusions um an investigation into the paranormal nature of sleep paralysis experiences uh and i at, at the time um i was having fairly frequent sleep paralysis episodes it's not so much the case anymore i wouldn't say that my episodes are, are chronic or anything like that it, it's something that seems to kind of drop off over time as well um, but I had a lot of experiences when I was in my late teens, early 20s, um, and that's really what inspired that book, Dark Intrusions. I was really kind of looking for answers as to what was happening. Um, and that's something that a lot of people experience, too. I, I guess you want to hear a little bit about what sleep paralysis actually is. Well, I was going to mention that I found you a few months ago um, and was expecting that uh, possibly you could be a person that could debunk some claims by uh, many, including my own, and um, kind of maybe yeah. ensure that what we experience as a group is created in the minds only at the individual level. But after reading more, you believe that mm. there's more to that than in the mind, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I do accept that some of these experiences are, um, you know, very subjective and, uh, you know, possibly hallucinatory, et cetera. Um, but I do think that there can be experiences that um, require a different explanation that do sort of border on the paranormal um, and could possibly represent some form of contact with, you know, spirits and other entities and that sort of thing. Can you, um, um, as, can you do me a favor and start out a little bit with the uh, pathophysiological um medical reasons that uh, people actually who've done yeah. research believe why this is happening and how the process works? Yeah, absolutely. So sleep paralysis is, is it's not an uncommon thing. Uh, I mean, we all, you know, uh, during REM sleep, which is dreaming sleep, we, our bodies become paralyzed so that we don't, you know, act out our dreams. So, I mean, if you were having a dream about running or something like that, you wouldn't want to be kicking your legs while that's happening. Um, but what happens during sleep paralysis is you're either, uh, you know, it's, it's just while you're falling asleep or you're emerging from sleep, uh, what happens is you find yourself in that state of paralysis, uh, but essentially your mind has woken up. So your body's still asleep, uh, your mind is awake, and you feel completely lucid and aware. Uh, and during that state, um, you know, which is either described as, as hypnagogia or, or hypnopompia, um, and, you know, that's kind of like a sort of a twilight state of consciousness between being awake and being asleep. Um, you can have these really weird experiences. Um, you know, sleep scientists say that they're merely hallucinations, uh, that these are hallucinations associated with dreaming or, you know, you know, thought, you know, images and that sort of thing associated with dreaming. Uh, but weird things happen. So generally people describe um, sensing a presence in the room and they also describe uh, often a heavy weight on the chest holding them down. And they also describe things like, um, uh, you know, even sensations of being touched uh, and hearing, you know, voices and, and that sort of thing. And sometimes too you, you'll actually be able to open your eyes while you're in the sleep paralysis state. 
Uh, and you can see your, you know, your surroundings quite normally, but uh, you know there will be things like a, uh, there could be a figure in the room or, or something like that. Um, so it can be very, very frightening. Um, and uh, you know, all of these things for many people who have sleep paralysis, it leaves them convinced that they've had an encounter with a, a ghost or a spirit or a demon or something of that nature. Um, so I had quite frequent sleep paralysis episodes during my late teens, early 20s. Uh, and I was having experiences where there seemed to be this, you know, like the same sort of presence or entity uh, visiting me night after night. Uh, and really weird stuff would happen. Like it would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd sense it in the room and my, I'd feel my, my bed rocking back and forth and, and stuff like that. Um, and also, you know, there was the sensation of, of like hands around my neck, you know, strangling me and that kind of thing. Um, I'd also hear sometimes like a, a voice in my ear uh, and I would often say very cryptic, threatening things. Uh, so all of that left me convinced that there was something more than just, um, you know, hallucinations uh, to these experiences. I really did feel at the time as though I was in contact with or I was being visited by some kind of entity. Um, and, you know, a lot of people who've had these experiences, I guess the more extreme sleep paralysis experiences, it does leave them convinced that, you know, something is happening that is very, very strange. Uh, and the fact that there's all these consistent details between uh, sleep paralysis experiences, the same um, characteristics pop up again and again, uh, suggests that it's not merely an imaginary thing, um, you know, because there's there's all those there's th those patterns, those consistencies. Um, so it's a very very strange thing, and it, it, in in my case, it 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 certainly did not seem as though I was you know merely experiencing hallucinations, that it was dream related or anything like that. So I um, I wrote Dark Intrusions, and I was looking at. Other things connected to sleep paralysis as well, like out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming, etc. Um, and there were some very interesting connections because when you're in the sleep paralysis state, you can also quite easily um, slip into having like an out-of-body experience where your consciousness seems to leave your body and you can go floating off and that kind of thing. Um, so I really described it as a sort of a gateway into the paranormal. Um, because it's that it occurs during that strange, you know, twilight state of consciousness. Um, so that's uh, really, you know, my thoughts on the matter in, in a nutshell. Let me ask you this. I have, you know, we have, uh, I, I put some threads out there for, for my community and, and um, mm. basically asked them to describe what they saw during sleep paralysis. Now, what I expected and what I actually saw were two different things. Um, but I do know that there are, are a lot of common denominators there. What's the most common sleep paralysis experience that you can think of? Well, I would say the really um, one very common characteristic is the sense of a presence um, in the room. So you do feel as though you're, you know, uh, that there is something there watching you, uh, so to speak. And it's a very strange and creepy sensation. Um, you know, you do really feel as though there's there's like another mind in the room. Um, 
And often this presence can be quite threatening as well. That's the really weird thing. You, you do feel this sense of terror. Um, you know, I mean, I've had experiences, as I said, where it seemed to be some kind of, you know, evil spirit or demon, uh, call it what you will. So it's just such a such an unnerving thing to uh, feel as though there's this being in the room that's, uh, you know, watching you kind of thing. Um, so that's something that pops up again and again. Um, you know, things like voices and, and, and that sort of thing, that's not un, not necessarily uncommon either. Sometimes people will uh, experience the voice in their head or it will seem to be like an external voice. So, you know, like they'll hear the voice directly in their ear, that kind of thing. Um, and it's always very weird, these these messages that you hear, and it's it's a completely different voice. It's, it doesn't seem to be something that's produced by your own mind. It does seem to be very much something that's external to you. Um, so that's really very, very strange. And, and often these messages that you hear, these voices, uh, which is completely unlike your own voice, it can be something quite cryptic. Um, so it's it's really, really weird experience. Um, do, you remember, uh, and also, do, you, do you remember your first experience? I Not necessarily my, my very first experience, um, but... You know, there are, you know, I guess certain experiences that I remember uh, more strongly than others only because they were very, very terrifying. Um, but, you know, for, sleep paralysis is different for everyone, although there are, of course, those, those, you know, those sort of common themes that pop up again and again. Um, I guess I'd be little, you know, I'm interested to hear what some of your listeners were describing as well. That might be interesting to sort of go through some of those sleep paralysis uh, experiences that they've described. Yeah, I have a, a gentleman by the name of Corey Miller who um, said he woke up and there was a demon on top of him. And then um, he managed to whisper, you know, basically get the fuck off me and uh, whatever yeah. it was, jump, it jumped off of him. And this is what I've heard several times. And this is the, the thing that mm. really, really yeah. um, amazes me is this part. Um, I saw his tail and it disappeared. So I've heard, you know, the dark, yeah. the dark figure with the tail and um, mm -hmm. very similar stories from several people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's another thing too, is the, the sensation of a, a, like a weight on your chest as well. Um, you know, I mean, that, that could have quite a simple sort of scientific explanation, um, but the other things, uh, I suppose the important thing to point out here is the fact that, you know, according to sleep scientists, these are simply supposed to be, you know, dream-related hallucinations. Um, and so, you know, really you should be able to experience anything. Um, and, I mean, okay, people do describe some, you know, bizarre stuff that can be quite varied in some cases, but nonetheless... Um, one consistent theme is, is you know, you know, yeah, being visited by a, you know, sort of an evil presence. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a demon or it's a, it's an evil spirit or something of that nature. So you, you have to ask why is it always something quite malevolent? Um, and I mean, if you if you look at the sort of occult uh, explanation, uh, you know, these are really interpreted as uh, it's kind of like a form of demonic assault that kind of thing. And I, I know that sounds very dramatic 
And certainly if you've never experienced this firsthand, it does sound, you know, completely dramatic and outlandish. But when you have experienced it firsthand, um, that's really the only sort of explanation that seems plausible. Um, you know, because these are, it, you know, the experience seems so real. It, it feels just as real as if you were fully awake. Um, and you are in, in a state of consciousness where you do feel, you know, very much completely alert and awake and you can, you know, think clearly and normally. Um, and yet there yeah, you are, you're lying down, your body is paralyzed so, you, you know, you can't move. Uh, and, you know, you feel as though you're being attacked by something. It's uh, it's just, as I said, very, very scary. Um, and, you know, so that's it. So I, 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 I wrote Dark Intrusions as a way to sort of try and make sense of sleep paralysis and also to look for some, you know, kind of alternative explanations as well because I wasn't satisfied with the, I guess, the materialistic sort of scientific uh, explanation. I accept that there are things... Uh, you know, physiologically speaking, that um, are related to, you know, obviously dreaming, etc. So there is, you know, science behind it. But nonetheless, we need to look at the sort of core experiences that people are having. So I was, I was dissatisfied with some of those explanations. I didn't just think, oh, this is a hallucination. I felt as though something else was happening. So that's why I sort of, you know, delved into all these other topics in dark intrusions like uh, mediumship and... Uh, and also, you know, ufology, et cetera, looking at, uh, you know, Whitley Strieber's uh, visitor experiences and that kind of thing because he was describing things that um, kind of was sort of suggestive of the sleep paralysis state, um, you know, and, and he was talking about, you know, in some cases being paralyzed and, and feeling a presence, et cetera, which he kind of interpreted in, I suppose, you know, uh, a sort of extraterrestrial or alien terms um you know called them the visitors uh, so that sort of thing so so these sleep paralysis experiences are very much you know at the heart of of, of a lot of uh different types of you know paranormal phenomena um you know pretty much wherever you look um there's some indication of sleep paralysis or something related to that i mean paranormal experiences in general occur in a sort of you need to be more or less in sort of an altered state of consciousness, I suppose, in order for something to come through. Um, you know, you don't necessarily experience these things in the normal waking state. Uh, it's almost as though your mind's got to be at a particular frequency uh, in order for these things to come through and make contact with you. Uh, at least so that's one explanation. Is there is there some way we can enhance our sleep um, and cause hmm. this to happen? Because I believe it to be true and and I've experimented yeah. in a way, which I actually told my son yesterday and, and he said, yeah. no, don't do that because he had, he's, he's had yeah. some, uh, sleep paralysis, um, um, yeah. events. And one of them is, a, is a dark, really, really skinny figure floating over his body and he, he can't move. But I, I was making the comment, yeah. um, you know, I had read that, uh, um, sleep deprivation and, uh, and especially mixed with caffeine, can make that happen. Mm. And indeed that was the big circumstance in my teen yeah. years when I first experienced that. And, um, and it yeah. was terrifying. And one thing, and I'll just relate it to you really quick. It was, it was an alien experience. So I woke up at mm. three something AM and um, looked over slightly to my right at my feet and a little bit to the left. There's this alien standing there with, with its profile. 
one of the things that I noticed right away that I thought was odd and being that I've never seen one before or at that time in my life even thought of or even pictured in my mind what one would even look like. Um, you know, I've seen that since many times, um, artist renditions and things like that and just real common uh, different uh, graphic artist conceptions on online. So, um, and then there was one really odd circumstance and, and particularly with clothing of this, um, which I'm not going to mention now just because I'll tell the story sometime in the future. And, um, I had thrown this, um, out of a couple of, uh, listeners that I had and, you know, we were texting one time and this was about a year ago and, um, you know, they kept hinting that they had seen an alien some sleep paralysis mm. and, and the clothing and um, yep. all three of us saw that same thing. You know, the, the clothing item was just really odd and um, yep. it freaked those two guys out. I can't, mm. I can't even tell you. I mean, it, I, they were visibly or yep. verbally shaken um, later when we we're speaking on the phone and, and uh, you know, relaying that experience to me. So um, how often do you hear of, of some sort of extraterrestrial presence or version of that yeah yeah well i mean i've i've had experiences where i i've seen uh well i guess i I saw something quite you know kind of like an alien gray kind of thing uh i also had a a, this was probably a more dramatic uh experiences when i when i saw a kind of like a goblin type of creature uh you know sitting on the bed right next to me Uh, and that was really uh, wasn't really necessarily terrifying because it seemed to be kind of a it was a very small creature um and it was it was weird i I looked across at it um and you know just bearing in mind i could see my surroundings uh you know clearly i could see my bedroom very clearly and there was this this weird little creature sitting there next to me um and it was it's sort of you know when i looked at it um it, it kind of it was quite surprised. I guess it seemed to be surprised that I could actually perceive it. Uh, so that was kind of weird, but it didn't seem like a threatening type of being or anything like that. Um, so, you know, I mean, these people describe seeing all sorts of different things. Um, yeah, you know, it could be, it could be a, you know, a, a dark presence, um, you know, humanoid type of presence, um, or, or it could be, um, you know, yeah, an alien being or, or, you know, a goblin or whatever. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of different things that people describe. Um, so it, it's almost, it almost seems as though, you know, there's, I suppose if you wanted to relate this to, you know, paranormal or, or, or occult, um, you know, the sort of paranormal worldview, if you like, you, you would say that, you know, uh, what seems to be happening is that, there are all these beings out there uh, that we can't sort of directly perceive, you know, in the in the normal waking state. Uh, but when we're in that altered state of consciousness, that twilight state of consciousness, uh, we are able to perceive these things in some fashion. It could be visually, um, or what have you, um, or auditorily, or you know, it could be a, it could be a, a tactile element where you can actually feel something. So. Um, possibly what's occurring is, is something of that nature. It's kind of like our, our minds are on that right kind of frequency, kind of like a radio set. You know, we're sort of tuning into a different uh, frequency and that, that other radio station is coming through and we're, we're perceiving these things that we can't normally perceive. 
Uh, there could be a whole range of different beings and entities and that sort of thing that are out there, uh, you know, sort of sharing the same space with us but kind of on a different uh, vibrational level or something of that nature. Um, and, you know, I know that's a bit of a pretty out there kind of explanation but, you know, when you've had these experiences again and again, you you sort of, you know, you're quite open to those kind of explanations. Um, well, I don't think, you know, yeah. You're you're kind of um, alluding to the fact that people may mm. think that these are odd and these explanations are odd. But one of the things that I yeah. noticed it there's there's been yeah. very little research done. I mean, there's 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 mm. different uh, states of mind and psychoses and and different yeah. problems with the mind. But as far as yeah. uh, um, sleep paralysis research, there's been very little comparatively. Mm. So why do you think that would be? Well, it's it's just such a mysterious thing. Um, you know, th- there's a lot about sleep that we don't understand and, and altered states of, of consciousness, etc. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's just such a, such a mysterious phenomenon. Um, and, you know, it, I guess it's, it's very easy for, you know, sleep scientists to say, oh, look, you know, these are hallucinatory experiences. Uh, you know, don't worry about it. It's all in your mind, etc., etc., well, still though, um, um, let me just jump in. I think it's worth it's yeah. worth researching. Mm. And one of the things that I've thought about was the fact that, yep. you know, for some people, it it may occur only once to you know at the most mm. ten times in a lifetime. Yep. So being able to yeah. catch that and being being able yep. to diagnose that while it's being witnessed is probably a rare event, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it, exactly. So you know, around eight percent of the population of experience you know, sleep paralysis at least once in their lifetime. Um, so, you know, for most people, when they do have sleep paralysis, it, it really is just a very short-lived event. Uh, and it, it can simply be them experiencing that state of paralysis while their mind's awake, which, you know, that that in itself can be quite unnerving. Uh, but other people, I guess, you know, your chronic sleep paralysis sufferers um, can have sleep paralysis on a regular basis and they can have very dramatic uh, episodes that can be quite uh, long in duration. You know, they could they could be lying there for you know a good twenty minutes, paralyzed, and be experiencing all sorts of strange things. So, sleep paralysis is different for everyone, uh, but I guess it is you know reasonably kind of rare to to, to have so many uh, or, or to be a chronic sleep paralysis sufferer. Um, and you know the thing is too, it's 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 something that can emerge in your life and then it can sort of disappear as well. It could be linked to you going through a stressful time in your life, etc. Um, I, I should point out too that it's you know it's not linked to you know mental illness or anything like that. These you know it's uh, it, it's not like these are crazy people who are having these experiences. These are completely normal people. Um, Certainly, you know, there there have been some studies that indicate that, you know, if, uh, like people with depression, anxiety, et cetera, are a little more susceptible to having these experiences. And I, I do always caution people to, you know, before jumping to conclusions and saying, oh, you know, I'm being persecuted by evil spirits or something like that, I think it is important to, you know, examine your own life and, your, you know, your mental health, et cetera, and, um, you know, look for other explanations and, you know, see a doctor or a psychologist if need be. Um, and, you know, they've also discovered too that, um, you know, taking antidepressants can can also help to uh, reduce the frequency of the experiences as well. So all of that stuff is very important. Um, 
and I'm not, you know, immediately saying, oh, you know, this is paranormal. Uh, but I do think that, yes, yeah, some of the experiences are very different, difficult to explain uh, in mundane terms. Um, and, you know, that's it. So the, these experiences are linked to, as I said, this altered state of consciousness. It's actually called the, you know, like the hypnagogic state. Um, so sleep paralysis is really hypnagogia accompanied by paralysis of the body, but you can actually train yourself to enter that hypnagogic state. Um, and it's the period between well, that state of consciousness between being awake and being asleep. So what you can actually do is you can, you know, you can simply sit there in a chair or you can lie down uh, and you can train your mind to just sort of, it's kind of like you're just training yourself to kind of half fall asleep um, and then, uh, you know, sort of hold yourself at the edge of sleep, so to speak, and not allow yourself to completely fall asleep. Um, and you can enter that hypnagogic state. And, and people have described things like having, you know, incredible visions and, and, and that sort of thing, and also in some cases uh, sensing a presence, et cetera. But it's, it, it's also a, a something that's um, used uh, during uh, – t- if you want to try and enter like an out-of-body experience as well. So uh, you'd be familiar with a guy called Robert Munro. Mm-hmm. He wrote a, a whole series of books about his uh, experiences with, um, you know, uh, yeah, OBEs, out-of-body experiences. So he describes in those books, um, you know, entering this twilight state of consciousness, this hypnagogic state, and then, you know, feeling himself leave or his consciousness leave his body. Um, so he was able to enter that state of consciousness very easily. Uh, and have you know he describes all these really remarkable things uh, you know sort of you know describing the you know the astral realm and that kind of thing um, and uh, and you know there's a uh, institute that he started uh, and um, he was using like uh, you know what was it binaural beats to try and um, facilitate this uh, this state of consciousness this hypnagogic state. Um, which is, I think, kind of associated really with like the alpha brainwave state and that kind of thing. And it's also something too that, you know, shamans uh, 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 practice that as well. They're, they're able to, you know, sort of induce these altered states of consciousness. And sometimes they do it through fasting and they do it through dance and, and you know, using drums and uh, certain rhythms and that kind of thing to try and facilitate that uh that state of consciousness and then they can, you know, explore these other realms. Uh, and it's also something too that, um, you know, if you, you look at things like, um, uh, you know, some of the research behind uh, using, you know, psychedelic substances and that kind of thing, um, you know, DMT and uh, mescaline, etc. These are other, you know, substances that you can take. Um, you know, at your own risk. Uh, you know, if you want to try and enter that that altered state of consciousness and experience other realms and other frequencies and dimensions and that kind of thing. So, so really, sleep paralysis. I I, I think it's important to kind of put it within that context. Um, we're really just describing an altered state of consciousness uh, where you know you're you're perceiving things that you wouldn't kind of normally perceive, and it is linked to. Other things like, um, as I said, out-of-body experiences um, and also, um, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, certain shamanistic practices and that kind of thing. Um, so that these experiences are very much within the same kind of vein as that. that that's, that's really what I was researching, what I wanted to describe in, in Dark Intrusions. I wanted to say, look, you know, this is not 
you know, there's there's a bigger context here that we need to kind of look at. Um, you, know, you know, sleep paralysis is related to all these other things. And when you look at it in those terms, it's really not that strange. Um, um, yeah, so that's that's I, I would I put it in that context. Um, and I, I, I wanted to sort of really understand, you know, like what is the meaning behind these experiences? What are people perceiving and seeing and, and, and so on? Um, and, uh, you know, other things too like um, uh, mediumship, etc. So, you know, mediums are people who can basically induce that sort of hypnagogic state. Um, and in some cases, if you look at something like, like full trance mediumship and that kind of thing, there can be what seems to be like another consciousness or mind comes through that person and can then communicate, uh, you know, basically borrowing that person's vocal cords, etc. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I really do feel as though in the case of certain sleep paralysis experiences, people are experiencing something um, that is otherworldly um, and that is not necessarily connected to their own mind. It, it is something um, that has an independent existence, if you will. I think one thing worth mentioning is that the mind is is creative beyond what we can even understand. One of the things that um, that I always question in myself would be, um, mm. number one, I'll have these experiences where um, I'll actually wake up, get up, use the bathroom, go back to bed, look at my clock, you know, and I have 10 minutes literally to maybe before I have to get up and um, it'll take me a minute or two to fall asleep. And um, I'll get into a consciousness and a dream that seems to last for hours. So the brain is capable of filling in so much detail Mm -hmm. where there originally isn't any detail at all to, for, for, for your normal senses to sense. Yeah. So, um, I guess in a a really long drawn out question, which I always do, um, what do you think about that? I mean, is it, is it, is the brain just being very, very creative with, with something that we uh, sense with maybe our eyes or ears? Well, I I would say probably that's part of it. Um, Certainly, you know, we, we, we need to sort of take those sorts of things into consideration. Um, And, you know, I mean that, you know, the, the subconscious, uh, you know, yeah, certainly is, is very creative. I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing what you can, you know, the sorts of dreams that you can have. Uh, and at the time that you were having them or afterwards, you know, you kind of think, well, you know, where did that come from kind of thing? Um, and, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so the mind is very, very creative. But the, the thing that really stands out in the case of sleep paralysis is the you know these consistencies that emerge between you know sleep paralysis reports from different people exactly yeah so I I you know and that that's really um, you know why are they experiencing very similar things um, you know if it, if it's just the mind being creative then you know why aren't people seeing you know say pink elephants and and other things why is it why is the mind being more creative than it is. You know, from individual yeah. to individual. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's my, my explanation for that. Well, I think, too, that one of the experiences that I've had and I often wonder about um, if anybody else has had this experience is the next day, um, maybe I'll 
maybe I will be up late at night and I'll be doing something. Um, maybe I'll be driving or whatever. But then when I wake up in the morning, um, I'll have a little different memory of the night before because I know I do because there's no way certain things could have happened or I, I couldn't have seen certain things that uh, maybe were on the highway because they just couldn't actually be there at, during that trip that I just took or whatever. But um, to me, it seems that I'm, I'm combining a dream and an actual event and possibly I can't determine which is which eight yeah. hours later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. and, and where I'd be going with that is the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people who have extraordinary um, experiences and mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the times you hear, you hear um, a UFO or, or uh, you know, close encounter and um, they're very similar, but you know, it's never in, in broad daylight. It's never at a time when there's other people that are around to see it's usually at night yeah. and it's usually while driving and, and there's lights and some of those lights and figures and things like that match a bit like sleep paralysis mm. and some of those yeah. experiences. Yeah. I think it's important to point out too that, uh, you know, a lot of the so-called, you know, sort of alien abduction experiences do take place while that person's in an altered state of consciousness. Uh, you know, and they describe things like, you know, leaving their bodies and, and, and floating up into the spaceship or something like that. So, these experiences seem to, in many cases, take place on a kind of, um, I suppose, like a non-physical level or, or kind of an astral level, if you want to use that term. Um, so, you know, alien abduction, it, it's not necessarily that person's, you know, physically um, boarding a spaceship or being taken on board a spaceship or something like that. Um, as I said, what, what's often described is, 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 is something where, you know, as I said, they're, they're, they're leaving their body, et cetera. They're, they're having it on a kind of a non-physical level. Uh, and there've also been reports too of, of people being observed in that trance state. Um, you know, so they are physically present they're in an altered state of consciousness and then they wake up and they describe having an experience like that. Um, you know, so, so that that's I think that's important to take into consideration when we look at you know things like alien abduction etc. Um, you know so that's it. So you know this this weird sort of liminal state of consciousness between being awake and being asleep and and, and what that can bring about. Um, you know and yeah. So the question is you know are people sort of tuning into other realms etc. Uh, are, are the things that they are seeing, uh, do they have some kind of objective existence? Uh, and I would say in some cases, you know, the answer is yes. Um, but, yeah, no, it is It is very mysterious. I, I, I try not to, you know, jump to conclusions too much as well. Um, and I, I think it is important to reflect on the fact that there is so much about our own minds that we don't understand, our own psyches, Um you know, there's all these sort of hidden depths and that kind of thing uh, to the mind. And certainly, you know, if you look at what the what the subconscious is capable of. I mean, um, you know, when you're in that that dreaming state, um, 
you know, the ways that the subconscious can communicate through, you know, symbolism and uh, using metaphors and, and, and that kind of thing, it can be very, very interesting. You can learn all sorts of interesting things about yourself by reflecting on those dreams. Um, they kind of bring attention to certain things that you're, you know, that you're not consciously aware of. Um, so, you know, you could look at, in, look at it in very kind of, you know, sort of psychological terms as, as a form of, you know, self-reflection and self-examination. You know, I, I think it's, I think one of the experiences I know that everybody has, and it, they may never mm -hmm. have had sleep paralysis, but one thing yeah. that, that they do have is that, uh, that, that altered state of consciousness, um, at the point of awakening at some time, um, later after, you know, some really deep sleep and yeah. they'll have a thought or some sort of experience in their mind that slips away. You know, and it may happen in four or five seconds. It may happen in two minutes. It may happen in 30 minutes. But, you know, there's this idea or concept or, or vision or whatever planted in, in, in their mind in this state that that slips away very, very fast. And, you know, it may be something that they want to remember. So to me, I always yeah. wonder, well, is there a lot of things that happen that we don't remember? And mm. to me, after having a couple of disturbing sleep paralysis events, it makes me think, is this happening all the time? And I just don't remember it. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, I, I have actually. I, um, you know, and I mean, I, I think that's very plausible, possibly, um, you know, I mean, if, you know, sort of like in, in sort of occult terms, I mean, they, they say that, um, you know, that, that the, the, the realm of sleep is, is basically kind of like the astral realm. So, uh, you know, their explanation is that whenever we fall asleep, the, the, the astral body leaves the physical body and we go off and we kind of explore the astral realms, if you will. Uh, but, you know, then we wake up and we don't remember any of it. Or we may remember fragments, but then we, we interpret those as dreams and we say that that was just an imaginary experience, whereas it took place in, in sort of another realm, so to speak. Um but yeah, exactly. So I, I, I do wonder uh, what's occurring. That you know, all these things that we don't remember, uh, as you explained. Um, and you know, I mean, I've had um, some very sort of interesting, uh, I suppose, what you call out of body experiences as well. Um, and this is a, a thing that I experience again and again, and that I, um, I sometimes find myself. Uh, in what seems to be kind of having kind of like an out-of-body experience. So I'll be kind of floating around uh, and I, I, I often end up, um, you know, like basically in outer space. So I'll be, you know, somewhere in the solar system, uh, you know, like orbiting a planet or, or something like that. I've also found myself on, on what seems to be, you know, the planet Mars uh, on a few occasions as well. Um, and, and that sort of thing, and that, that's actually something too that Whitley Strieber was was describing in one of his books as well. He, he said that he was having um, since his childhood, his early childhood, he was having these experiences, sort of uh, where he kept finding himself on Mars. So, I, I, you know, all of that stuff. It's um, it's really fascinating. Uh, you know, out of body experience and also lucid dreams, and it's, it's kind of hard to kind of separate the two there. Um, but in and out of body experiences, people generally describe floating up and and actually seeing their body down below. They can actually uh, see themselves, say, laying lying in bed and and that kind of thing. Uh, so I, I find all of that stuff really fascinating. Uh, 
I suppose these days I, um, uh, you know, because I don't experience sleep paralysis as frequently, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I still find them very interesting. They do occur occasionally, but I also try to focus a little bit more on, you know, just what's happening in my own life. And, uh, you know, like meditation is for me a, a very important practice. So I think it's important to, to always try and, um, work towards, uh, I don't know if you could say purifying the mind, but, you know, disciplining your mind as well. Um, you know, trying to reach for, I suppose, like kind of a higher state of consciousness as well. So, uh, so mindfulness, developing mindfulness, uh, cultivating that is, is a big part of my life. So I, you know, even though it would be very fun to, I suppose, have these experiences, you know, out-of-body experiences, et cetera, and it is very exciting and, and, and very, um, uh, you know, sort of seductive in many ways, I, I think um, the important thing is to to try and get more out of just the normal waking state. I mean, you can, you know, peak experiences and, and, and that sort of thing. I mean, there's so much that we we – you know, because the normal waking state is we're very much kind of asleep in many ways. Um, there's a lot of things that we don't, uh, you know, that we that our minds simply um, don't recognize, or we we sort of we kind of, you know, it's amazing when when you when you're in a sort of heightened state of consciousness, it's amazing how much more alive the world seems and how much more detail uh, you're able to perceive that things that you recognize that you wouldn't normally recognize. So. I suppose that's really kind of my focus these days is is just trying to develop mindfulness um, uh, and, you know, not, not necessarily get too sucked into uh, experiencing these altered states and, and, and sort of, you know, those kind of flights of fancy and that sort of thing, um, even though that is very interesting. Um, you know, that there is a little bit of danger in that, I suppose, because at one point too in my life I was sort of trying to facilitate that um, you know, sleep paralysis state in order to have out of body experiences, etc. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of success with that. Um, but at the same how time, did, I how don't did, think. How did you try to do that? I mean, what was, what, in what ways did you change your life to make it happen or try to? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, basically, I, I would just sort of, you know, I, I would sort of tell myself before falling asleep, uh, you know, that I was going to have an episode that night. Um, and, um, and, you know, in some cases I would just naturally sort of find myself in that state of consciousness. So if, if you want to have an out of body experience, so you, you really need to be in that sort of sleep paralysis state to begin with. Um, and then you focus on rather than, you know, sort of, uh, trying to wake up, etc. Um, you sort of try and, uh, sort of stay in that state of consciousness uh, and then you can you can try and just sort of imagine yourself, um, you know, sort of. I don't know if you necessarily call it sort of leaving your body kind of thing, but there's that sort of attempt to uh, try and sort of focus on something else. Um, and, and in some cases, you will sort of basically you you kind of enter, uh, I suppose, really what you call like a lucid dream. And it does seem as though you've you've kind of entered another realm, kind of thing. So it's it's kind of a really a matter of not giving into the fear, and just sort of allowing yourself to be kind of comfortable in that sleep paralysis state. 
Um, and so really that seems to be the first stage to or the first step to having like an out-of-body experience is, is when you're in that sleep paralysis state, try not to panic, try not to necessarily wake yourself up. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> through sleep paralysis yeah. though, isn't that the whole, I mean, it's, yeah. is, is there ever a situation where there isn't panic? I mean, well, usually. Well, there, 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 there can be. I mean, it sometimes... You know, I mean, I, I, I kind of managed to get to the point where I, you know, and, and that's it. So you, you can you can sense an evil presence and that kind of thing. But it's amazing how, you know, if, if you don't give in to that fear, you don't necessarily react. Um, very often that, that fear can diminish. And um, and it's, it's, yeah, so you can sort of train yourself not to give in to the fear too much. Um and, 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 you know, you, you need to kind of remind yourself that you're more powerful than whatever it is that's trying to, to attack you or, or what have you. And, and sometimes that, that evil presence will kind of essentially depart. Um, so it really, you know, if you can sort of control your fear, it, it can pass. And, and then other things can, can emerge from that, which can be such things as out-of-body experiences, lucid dreaming, etc. So, um, you know, I and I'm, I'm not saying, oh, you know, I, I'm 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 so you know incredibly wise and 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 spiritual that I you know I don't I don't get fearful when I have a sleep paralysis episode. That's not necessarily the case. But but these days it's because the thing is that after a while the experiences actually become quite. Not, I wouldn't necessarily mundane, but it's kind of like. Um, you know, I mean, I had a, an episode recently where I um, I found myself in a sleep paralysis state, and there did seem to be a it was sort of seemed like a sort of like a female presence in the room uh, that was kind of like sort of shouting and sort of trying to get my attention um, and, and make me scared almost. Um, but I I didn't really react to it because I've 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 had that experience so often so so much that it's it's not. You know, I, I don't react so much anymore. It's kind of like um, it's it's almost just a little bit annoying. You know, there's this thing that's um, trying to get your attention and trying to uh, annoy you and, and 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 sort of make you react in some way. Uh, and you, <laughs> I have, you, you I can have choose that, not to. I have that same experience in <laughs> like yeah. about two hours ago, but um, that was uh, yeah. right after dinner. But uh, it's a whole different story. But lo- I'm sorry, I don't mean to make fun yeah. of this, but I was just gonna. One of the things that I was yeah. going to point out is, yes, I do agree with you that, uh, you know, I've had, I have had these experiences and I was able to, you know, deal, yeah. deal with them without that, that, uh, panic. And, um, yeah. so I think yeah. once that happens, I think things kind of turn and can happen in your way and you can make things, you, you can control the outcome a little bit. That's, that's correct. Yeah. And I mean, if you read, you know, Whitley Strieber's books on the visitors. I mean, he, he's kind of, uh, describing something very similar. I mean, he, um, initially when he was having those experiences, um, which, you know, do sound very much like something very akin to sleep paralysis. Uh, you know, he was just incredibly fearful. Um, but then he managed to kind of, um, you know, overcome that fear and, and, and sort of enter into, well, he's basically describing having a, uh, you know, the form of communication was these these yes. beings, the visitors, um, and you know, as a result of that, he um, he managed to have some very interesting exchanges 
uh, with these entities, uh, if that's how you want to interpret them. So, so it is it is possible. Um, it, it could take a long time, uh, but certainly if if you are the kind of person who has sleep paralysis a lot, if you can really sort of try and work on that, uh, not reacting, etc. That the experiences can become quite fruitful in in many ways, and and um, as I said, other things can emerge from that, including you know lucid dreaming and that sort of thing. So. Uh, as I said, really, I look at it just as a as a gateway to 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 the paranormal, if you like. Um, you know, we don't necessarily need to look at it exclusively as as a, as a form of demonic assault or something like that. Uh, lots of different things can emerge through that that altered state of consciousness. Um, one of the you you bring up Willie Strieber, and, and one of the things I find mm. interesting with him is that um, you know he he went from from experiencing extraterrestrials or what could be considered extraterrestrial visitors um, to spiritual visitors at his home and where uh, other people would, would, would be there with him and they would experience this as a group or they would even experience it in the daytime outside or in the house. So um, I don't know. I mean, did, do you think that sleep paralysis and his ability to to communicate yeah. or or um, interact with these things enhance this normal visitation that uh, later happened and that he's written about since? Um, yeah, look, I mean, it is it is a big question, but I you know I've been kind of following Whitley Strieber. You know, for a number of years, I I, I read his uh, his books about the visitors. I, I suppose I would have been, um, you know, in my twenties at the time when I explored his work, and and his books, you know, his work has kind of evolved over the years, and it's not so much focused on you know these alien beings. It seems to be more focused on um, uh, you know contact with other entities, including you know spirits and and, and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, he's he's the kind of person who just seems to be very open to the paranormal. Anyway, it's just um, a you know big part of his life. Um, uh, but you know now he's talking more about um, you know having these uh, sort of contact experiences with his deceased deceased wife Anne. So, yeah. um, and and that that seems to be his focus is more like the you know what happens after death. Uh, you know, and that kind of thing. So, and, you know, I guess he'd be obviously much better qualified to talk about all that stuff. But, uh, but I, you know, I think we need to be very um, open to, to how we interpret these things. Um, and I, I think too, you know, our own minds, we, we sort of do play a role in, in, in what we experience and, and, and you know, so our interpretation uh, can sort of, you know, change uh what we experience as well so it sort of seems to be like a two-way process there if, if there is this other consciousness this other mind um you know it's going to appear to us in a form uh that we kind of expect to perceive it in if you will um that that's that's you know kind of a theme that pops up again and again um you know same with with uh you know the sort of ufo stuff as well it's um it's kind of like if, if you're expecting to have a very frightening experience with these um you know alien beings that want to experiment with you and you know experiment on you and uh, that kind of thing that's probably what you're going to experience um you know whereas if you're if you're open to having say a more benevolent kind of encounter then you may experience that instead um so there's that sort of two-way process there um so you know i think it's kind of important to be mindful of that um 
but you know all this stuff is all it's all kind of tangled up together it's it's um you know aliens uh spirits etc there's no kind of clear distinction between those things it's and that that's why it's such a mystery it's so difficult to unravel all of this stuff because it's you can, all you can have it all yeah yeah exactly that's right yeah. so you were you were a pretty young guy in, in 2009 you wrote this book how old were you then um okay so it would have been um what was i like 10 years 11 20? years ago yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I would have been sort of like in my mid twenties then. Um, I, I started, it was published in 2009, but I, I started writing it, uh, obviously a lot earlier than that. Um, yeah, so I was quite young and I, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what, what kicked all of this off. I, you know, that's why I write books on the paranormal really. It was, it was really because of those, uh, those early sleep paralysis experiences that, uh, you know, sort of made me aware of, of all the, or open to all of this stuff and interested and intrigued by all of these very strange topics. Um, well, it's a, it's a, it's a topic that requires a lot of knowledge and research. I mean, it's not something like you went into, um, yeah. just, just describing your own experiences. I mean, you described other people's mm. experiences and I think it's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've, I've since written other books, um, on you know, similar that. themes, um, yeah, I'll just sort of very briefly um, mention my book. So I've I, I wrote a book about um, you know uh, electromagnetism and the paranormal, and it looks at things like um, oh you know the, the, the you know electric people etc. So these are people right. who have very very strange relationship with electrical devices. People who seem to be able to influence them with their minds and that kind of thing. Um, and you know people that these people also their bodies seem to generate a lot of static electricity. Uh, they seem to be able to affect in particular street lamps as well. So they'll be walking past a street lamp and sometimes it will, uh, you know, it'll, it'll blink on or it'll, it'll blink out, that kind of thing. And this is something that Whitley Strieber's talked about too. He said that, you know, uh, electrical devices seem to malfunction a lot in his presence. So he has a lot of difficulty using computers and that kind of thing because they're always – you know, always breaking down, etc., and, and it seems to be tied to the person's emotional state as well. So, if they're frustrated, depressed, etc., uh, they're more likely to influence things as well. So, that's um, something that I looked at in Strange Electromagnetic Dimensions. Uh, I also wrote a book about the mysteries of the moon as well, uh, which is called The Secret Influence of the Moon. Um, and uh, most recently, I wrote a book called Borderland Phenomena. Uh, and that uh, looks at things like spontaneous human combustion and uh, poltergeistry and also ufology as well. So I've kind of explored a whole range of different topics uh, in my books. Um, you know, and maybe that's something we can discuss in a, in a future episode as well. It would be good to yeah. maybe delve into some of those topics. I like know? I like the idea of Borderland because um, you describe that as – a, uh, yep. not a paranormal phenomena, but, hmm. but the, it's a border borderland. It's, it's not really exactly what people are, are perceiving possibly. And uh, yeah. I, I haven't read it yet. And that's the next one. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Fan, fantastic. But it's, it's a balance and objective investigation that spans. You're talking about uh, ball lightning, earth lights, strange rains, mysterious fires, and gin. And, um, yeah. yeah, all interesting stuff. So, what's coming up for you? Um, how is everything down um, in in your home? I mean, are you uh, seeing the effects of this horrendous virus? Are you uh, 
are you locked in your house tonight or are you guys able to freely move around? Um, well, look, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it is, things are a bit sort of crazy and chaotic, uh, down here, of course. Um, I mean, it's, it sort of seems to be, um, oh, you know, a lot of people panic buying food and, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of that sort of thing happening, but, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, um, I, it's, it's hard to know what to make of all of these events because, you know, on one hand we have, you know, the situation was the virus, uh, which, you know, sort of seems to be like a like a very bad strain of the flu, which obviously can be, uh, you know, if you're elderly, you've already got sort of pre-existing health conditions and that kind right. of thing. You, then, you know, you can be quite susceptible to, uh, you know, getting quite ill or getting pneumonia and that kind of thing. So that's that's a very real danger. But on the other hand, we also have kind of people's reactions to uh, what's happening. And, and that really seems to be the worry is, 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 you know, are we maybe in some cases overreacting or are we handling this situation in the wrong way? So I think it's a very, um, it's very revealing as far as, you know, people's psychology goes and, and how people react, uh, I suppose, like on a mass level, um, you know, that, that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a scary situation and it's, it's troubling, but, uh, you know, at the same time, maybe we can gain something from this. We can learn a little bit more about ourselves or, or what have you. But I, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not too bothered by it at this point in time. I mean, I, I know that you know it, it can put people's jobs at risk and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I guess we just need to kind of see how things play out. Um, there's a deep, but, <laughs> there's a deep learning curve yeah. to this one. You know, I mean, it's yeah, tremendously yeah. big. Yeah, no, exactly. So we're we're kind of in the thick of it now, and, and who knows uh, where things will lead. Um, but you know, in in the meantime, you know, it's important to try and keep a remain level headed, and and you know, not not give into the fear, and 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 you know, go out and I don't know, buy I don't know, two hundred <laughs> packets of toilet paper or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so I'm not doing any of that. I'm I'm you know, I'm still working. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just really just enjoying my life still. I'm not, uh, it hasn't, hasn't necessarily impacted me in a big way on a, on a personal level. Um, but yeah, no, these are very, very strange times that we live in. That's for sure. Definitely strange. We wish everybody listening all the best yeah. and, and, uh, hopefully everybody can continue and, uh, experience a blessed life even after this is all over. And hopefully that'll be soon. The book is Dark Intrusions, an investigation into the paranormal nature of sleep paralysis experiences. And the author tonight who has joined me is uh, Lewis Proud. And I would love it if you could um, let everybody know where they can find you online. I know you're on Facebook and I know you can get the book at uh, Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yep. So, Borderland Phenomena. And so, all my books are available uh, through Amazon, uh, you know, Book Depository, Barnes & Noble, etc. So, they're, they're easy to find. Um, I, I am on Facebook as well. Um, uh, I did have a website up for a while that's no longer there, but, um, yeah. So, you know, it's easy to contact me as well if, if, uh, you know, you know people want to contact me, um, and that kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely. You know, if you want to check out my books, uh, feel free to, you know, just type in Louis Pratt. You'll, you'll find my stuff there. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show, Cameron. It's, uh, it's been a really interesting discussion, Uh, And I, I look forward to talking to you again at some point. Absolutely. Louis Proud. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Thank you.
You can find my website at www.myalienlifepodcast.com and please subscribe to my latest downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and at podbean.com. And please follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter. My Alien Life is written and produced for broadcast at Studio 254 in the Northern Rocky Mountains. The music you are hearing is produced and created by Elion. You can find all Elion's work online at Heart Dance Records. 